Welcome to the Makeshift Podcast, hosted by Chris Powell from Full Steam Designs and myself, Corey Stanley from Odyssey CNC. And this week, we have Brian House from Housemade. What up, Brian? What's happening, guys? What's up, Brian? I was just listening to you this morning talk about how you love recording nice and early in the morning and get it out of your way. And <laughs> I'm a day person. Are. I'm here a day person. Are. It's okay. It's yeah. all right. No, I feel good. I had an espresso before mm. this, so nice. we're all set. Yeah. That's good. I like having like a little drink when I'm doing this thing and I feel bad having one at like seven in the morning. So you should fully commit to alcoholism, Chris. It would be just, you know, that'd be your thing. It'd be like, look, I'm a podcaster. I got to record at seven in the morning. Yeah. I'm having a gin and tonic. What's going this on? Is, this is my thing. Don't judge me. <laughs> yeah. That's Corey's thing. I don't want to take that from him. I don't, do, I don't do gin and tonics. That's too fancy okay. for me. <laughs> uh, I can confirm. <laughs> oh boy so what's up brian what are you uh what are you been up to uh i don't know man just making stuff again you know going well we're we're prototyping a couple things uh right now which is kind of fun um the um the space that i'm in if you don't know who i am i'm i make tooling and i make tooling like grinders and now we got into the forge space and I'm about ready to inject myself into the drill press, sort of drill press, like work holding uh, nice. space. So that's like our next adventure. Um, essentially, what I do is I solve problems for people who use tools. And I the only way I know how to do that is actually start making things and then come up with, you know, problems to solve. And that's been the basis of my business for the last five years. I've been an entrepreneur for almost 20 years. And I have an IQ of 108. Mm, I heard. Uh, not a very smart person. <laughs> so. That's above average. But you're a doer, okay? Yeah. I'd, I'd use every one of those points <laughs> to its fullest extent. Yes. So I was uh, talking to some people the other day trying to figure out how I was going to hang my, my uh, belts because, like, that's just an absolute nightmare. And, uh, you know, we were bouncing ideas back and forth, and then I go and jump on social media, and I see you've already got it figured out. And I was like, well, here we go. I can't take credit for that. Brent, uh, Baldman Knife and Tool, who works with us at Housemade, he, we went off to South Carolina. We were like right near where you were. Mm. We drove past Charleston a couple times. But um, we were up there, and um, he's been trying to learn Fusion and get into the whole CAD space. And, you know, um, it's if you've never done it before, it takes a while, you know, to get in, you know, start rendering things in th three dimensions and, and all of that. Um, so when I came back from vacation, he had all the 3d printers going, he was just psyched and he had found this like hose hanger on Thingiverse or printables or something. And he's like, I think this is a great idea. We should try this, make them smaller. Let's scale them down and then print them. And we did that. And the, and we were just going to just tell people like, oh, hey, this is where you'll download this thing um, on Thingiverse or whatever. And we gave out the links. And there were so many people saying, well, I don't have a 3D printer. Can't you just print me one? And then um, Brent and I sat down, came up with the hard work and good luck design, which is essentially the same thing as what was on Thingiverse. We just kind of made beefed it up, made it <laughs> the proper size and added some screw holes so you can you know mount it to something like a wall or a, a board. And it went crazy. I did not expect that many people to resonate with that project. Mm 
Um, you know, it's been downloaded over a thousand times on our website cause we give it away for free. So yeah. we tell people like, if you have your own 3d printer, go to our website, uh, you know, download it for no, no cost and print it yourself, or you can buy them from us and we'll print them. And then we were doing like, you know, four packs and six packs. Mm. I mean, we've cl- sold close to a thousand of them now Jeez. in just nice. a few days. And it was That's like, crazy unbelievable response and it what it amounts to lando novak from the forge side chat uh the canadian podcast if you're not listening to that you should he mentioned it to me he's like you know guys just want to get their shop organized and yes there's simple solutions people use pvc pipe and hooks and clamps and all that but it's really not optimal they want something like what you put out and he made me think of it in a different light and also look at uh, what we do in a different light because hmm. organization is is as important as the tooling i think oh yeah yeah you know you have to be able to find the things you're looking for and mm-hmm. if you can't they're thrown all over the place you have a, you're not as efficient so um yeah so we put them out did now you printed your own didn't you chris uh, not yet. I'm uh I've got some printers but I'm waiting for I got a bamboo lab showing up tomorrow. Which one and, did you uh, get? The the big X, the good one. The X one. Yeah, the one yes. with the carousel on top. So I'm going to need your files for that uh other piece you were talking about too. You're going to want the the the, <laughs> the, the thing the risers. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. And uh but yeah, the X1 carbon. I'm super mm. happy with the bamboo P1P, so you're going to love the X1, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. Um yeah, I got this uh, cheaty here that they had sent me, and it got me like it's just so bad. It's it's completely unusable. Like, but it looks like it's the bamboo lab, so it got me like really hot to trot on one of those. Hmm. And uh, so, yeah, like I said, it'll be here tomorrow. Right, I'm on. pretty excited for that. Yeah, I've had numerous companies send me three D printers, and I let them know like right off the bat, like I I'll take it but I'm not going to make any content about it unless it's any good. Mm-hmm. And as you can see, I have made no content about any other printers. I mean, <laughs> yeah. other than the longer, the longer yeah. was pretty good oh, for yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. But now that I've had a bamboo labs, it's like, these are apples and oranges. And yeah. so it's just that much better and faster. They do have their problems because they do work so fast. I mean, there there's issues like that cable wearing itself thin mm-hmm. and all of that. But, um, for the most part, they're they've been pretty good. The AMS systems screw up from time to time, like they don't switch over from the one spool to another. Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, just little things like that. It's not terrible, you know. The speed is by far the the most amazing part of that system. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm I'm definitely going to be putting that thing to work. That's uh, that's not going to sit around doing nothing. So I'm going to try to keep that thing running and making parts, come up with different things, you know. And I want to I want to do like hot rod and car related stuff too and see what i can like prototype for that and uh, maybe get into casting more and whatever so nice. yeah that'll be good to see yeah the hot rod space is huge because we're thinking about doing a rat rod project in fact i uh was going to talk to you about that yeah. i know nothing about it i i don't know much about engines i've rebuilt a couple but i'm not a car person but my son is hmm. And he's um, going to be going off to the military in about a year. And I would love before he leaves to do a project like that, you know, yeah. um, build out a, an older car. And I'm not so much into high gloss paint jobs, you know, and all the chrome. I love a good patinaed vehicle. 
And I, so at some point, maybe you and I can talk about what would be a good option. Cause I, you know, Florida is filled with, a, you know, more, mostly North Florida, but they're filled with a lot of pretty decent body style cars. Their engines are shot. Of course, a lot of the mechanicals are shot, mm-hmm. but the bones are there. You know, the mm-hmm. bones are good. I just don't know what to buy. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. I was actually just looking at a, a model a coupe down there. Um, on uh, Facebook marketplace that I kind of wanted to go look at, but I'm going to use my better judgment and not, not spend all my money. You've got on a that. lot of irons in the fire right now yeah. with what you got going on in your. Yeah. Yeah. I got to focus on some stuff. So, yeah, but yeah, I, I used to love when I was in Florida, they had a great hot rod scene there. You know, hmm. I was, I was more up North and Mayport and whatever, but I could drive that thing all over the place and you know, you get a little wet every once in a while cause it would rain pretty much every day, but at uh you know just for a second three but, o'clock rains that's yep, what we get that's, and then that's pretty much what it was gone by three thirty, and it's yep. sunny again huh. yep. it's pretty great that's yep. rude so yeah you never made it down there did you Corey? uh i i just went down there for like i think we went down there for fleet week but whenever oh, you gotcha. guys moved with the ship i uh was on a different ship so yeah stayed in virginia yeah that was like the highlight of my career being in Florida. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Virginia was just <laughs> terrible. I yeah. hated it there. So, yeah, I was pretty annoyed that I missed that boat. Yeah, literally, literally. <laughs> you missed the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It happens. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so how's that new Haas treating you? That's the most amazing piece of equipment that I I've ever used. Like I'm, I'm just, I don't even. Some days I look at, I just stare at it. And oh, I'm yeah. like, wow, this thing is like it can make anything. They they don't ever really get old. Like just the just a a cool looking CNC like that, or I guess mm-hmm. any of them. Just I don't know. They're just badass. <laughs> when when you have the fourth axis in there, you know, and you know this because you're mm-hmm. you're always watching shit turn around and whatever. It's like it, it's mesmerizing that oh, it, yeah. it knows how to do stuff. And I'm now I'm getting into. I won't get too like nerdy about this, but I'm getting to, oh, into into multiple works work. <laughs> offsets oh yeah yeah. and so you know with the fourth axis i have a pat uh a pallet system that's mm-hmm. set up on a pearson's work holding rotovice nice and that rotovice is an amazing piece of equipment it's expensive but it man it's worth it because oh, it yeah. really allows that fourth axis to be utilized so if you can imagine it's like uh, if you if you can imagine it's like a square pipe that comes out that's got vices on each one of the four sides and that and those vices are like little mini curt vices, so mm-hmm. they they can be moved around. You can space things out and change the um, the jaws and everything out of it. So I made aluminum pallets for these knives, and then I used a bore on the top of each pallet that's uh, you know point three deep and point six in diameter. And then I just tell the machine when I run a program to program each one of the pallets one two three and four and i've laser etched each one of the pallets and each one of the vices on the rotovice with each corresponding number that you know g54 g55 g56 and g57 are one two three and four it comes down it probes sets those work offsets and then starts cutting you put blanks on each one of those pallets that are identical it and in fusion which is another amazing piece of software just insane you can do what's called a pattern in cnc meaning i can have one knife on one palette and it's a model 
and I can click it and I can tell it, all right, I want you to run the exact same set of uh, code on mm-hmm. every one of these other models using these work offsets as your your home base, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then hit go. And it knows, okay, there's a knife there, knife there. There's three on each pallet. It can do it, or four on each pallet. <laughs> Depends on which knife I'm doing. And it also, I can tell it, this one is flipped over, so it's the other side. Oh, right. It's not just the one side, you know. And then when, and then that's op one. It goes around and it does all that, op, all those operations, and then stops. You take them out, you inspect, you flip them all over, and you run it again. It's and every one of those blades comes out identical. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. It is. <laughs> it blows my mind that that even exists. And this isn't even that new of technology. You know, this is stuff that's been around for a lot of t- a lot of years. Right. Um, but it it's new to me, so I'm just fascinated by it. And I'm fascinated by the connection that fusion makes and how it makes the process so simple to code something in, like, say, four axes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though I'm technically not using all four axes, I'm only really still using three. Yeah. But it's rotating, so it's, you know, I'm not doing the full, you know, it's not cutting yeah, while it's like, rotating. Like a simultaneous four axes is what they would call that. Yeah. Yeah. But exactly. Yeah. yeah. Blows my damn mind. It's I it's mean, pretty it's, sweet though how Fusion does do that. The work uh, work offsets because it'll either you can have it do all of the toolpath for each each work offset, or you can have it optimize it by the tool. So you could like have that yes. one tool cut that one part, rotate, cut the next part, keep the That's same right. tool in, and then it will go back and change. Or you can have it do one tool you know, one part at a time, but it's pretty cool. How you can change all that. And I love that feature. In fact, I use it, but I only use that feature. This is how customizable it is. I only use that feature for each palette. So if I'm using say like a three eighths inch end mill, I'll have it run all the operations it can do on that one palette with a three eighths inch end mill, then move to the next tool and then it'll rotate and go to the next one. And I do that just because, it's like two halves, one or the other. The tool change takes about as long as the rotation would take. Mm-hmm. So I just tell it to finish and then rotate. So it's fascinating stuff, man. It's yes. And the last time I was on the show, I had just gotten the machine, I think. And I yeah, I was going to say that. It. I think you I think you were on in February, and you were just talking yeah. about um, <laughs> getting it to the shop and the you know issues with shipping. And yep. uh, I think you were just starting the uh, the Apollo uh, Forge like fulfillment during mm-hmm. that time. So. Yep, the whole FedEx debacle and all that. <laughs> yep, good times. Yep. We've got that sorted out now, so we, That's good. you know, everything's shipping as it should, which is fantastic. So, yeah, lots have changed. Lots has changed since I've been on here last. Yep, and you really jumped into that CNC head first, though. Like, oh yeah, those can be a little intimidating. So it's mega That's, intimidating. Yeah, it, oh, yeah. especially when you make that first you start it and you oh, hit yeah. go and you've got oh, your yeah. thumb over the, <laughs> yeah. the e-stop. Yeah, the do e-stop. you do a green and red? Do you beep, 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 beep? Yeah. Yes. Have you done that? Okay. I, yeah, cause I, you can, you can step by step and, and yeah. that's like the entire way you run it. Like when I was programming those fifth axis parts, like I didn't move from, <laughs> it was like green, red, green, red. Yeah. It was like milking it. Yes. Yeah. I've broken a few expensive tools and I've, almost crashed machine i haven't really crashed it at all but i've broken tools enough and it and also ruined parts like ruined mm. ruined oh parts. yeah yeah 
and which is common. But it, but for the most part, I've had a lot of success. Like once you f- the the biggest step if you want to get into CNC machining is understanding work offsets. Oh yeah. If you don't understand that, that is like you have to pick that up. You got to get that part. And yep. then the other part was is I got a I got a Hamer 3D taster. Like hmm. those one of those things it's like a it looks like a dial caliper on like a big bulbous thing that fits in the tool changer and it's got like a little ceramic knob on it. It's a probe hmm. essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's yep. a manual probe. And that fit made me understand, you know, all the movements of the machine where I could oh, like yeah. touch off stuff. Because when you when you like I'm spoiled, I've got the digital probe and that came with it, the OTS system, which is all wireless. Mm-hmm. You don't really fully know what it's doing. You know, you it's all visual programming. So you're yeah. just like you're telling it like, I need to know where Z is, like the top of my part. And you just like position the probe and hit a button and it does it for you. Yeah. But with this hammer, it it's a visual representation of it. And then you can look at your um, you know, your machine position and you can understand, oh, I get it now. I see, you know, because when the machine is coming down, when the when the spindle is coming down. That's negative Z, you know, at a certain point. And you're like, oh my God. Like, and then of course, if you had to add or remove from a negative number, if you have a 108 IQ like I do, you go, what the fuck does that mean? Is it up? Is that, do I add more or do I subtract? And yeah. then, you know, so and I have that printed out like little thing, that little uh, legend that's got mm-hmm. this X, Y, and Z axes in different colors and the plus and minuses <laughs> and all that shit. And, yeah, uh, it can get confusing fast, especially with like shit. tool tool wear offsets and shit like that. Oh, if you, yeah. your tool's wearing down and you need the part to be a little bigger, and you go in there and you push the wrong number positive instead of negative, and you're like, "Fuck!" <laughs> oh my god, it's a thing. Yeah. And with yeah. OTS, it'll measure length and di- diameter of that tool. Oh right, yeah. And so, and then here's what was happening: was I got the machine, and all my parts were off by like a few thousands. And I remember the guy telling me something like when he set up the machine, um, the Haas guy came out and he set up the machine. He had a ring gauge and he had, um, this, this thing that sat in tool holder and it was a known length and diameter rod that Hmm. was inside of a tool holder. And he's kept telling me like, Oh, you gotta get one of these. You gotta get one of these so you can calibrate your machine. And I started looking them up and I'm like, Holy shit. Just that one part, just the known length and diameter rod was like $300. No, man. And then the, you know, you can get the mid to toy you or whatever, the real ring thing. And that was another like couple hundred bucks. I'm like, man, it's like 500 bucks. You know, you know yeah. I don't know if I need that. So I put it off, put it off, put it off. And then the machine just kept getting dramatically more so out of whack because mm. as it's running, you know, those ball screws are moving and, you know, everything's kind of shifting a little bit. So I was watching um, John Saunders, which is mm. NYC CNC. I don't know if you know him on, in, oh, yeah. on mm-hmm. um, YouTube. He's great. And, yeah, he's great. And this, so he went in and was talking. You know how he does those machine shop tours? Mm-hmm. He's talking with somebody, and they said that they calibrate their Haas VF2 once a week. Mm. And I was like, okay, it's I time. That. <laughs> I could see that too. Yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, it's time for me to do this. Because I had had some issues with running parts where two surfaces were supposed to come together, two different pieces of geometry were supposed to come together, and they were not. They were off by like nine thousandths of an inch, hmm. which doesn't sound like much until you start bringing these lines together, and then everything starts to get off You know, over time. It's an aggregate effect. And um, 
So I got the ring gauge, got the bar and, and put it in there. Everything was off by 9,000. Some of it mm. was, you know, a couple movements were off by more than 9,000. Calibrated the machine, had it remeasure all my tools and everything was within like a couple of tenths of a thousandth of an inch after that. And I realized this is what these guys, this is why experience is so important when you're running oh, yeah. a CNC machine and um, to get accuracy because you know, you're running an end mill for on a few parts and then all of a sudden the diameter of that end mill changes and you don't realize it and you run a couple hundred more parts. And then now you've removed the part from the from the machine and it's wrong, you know, mm -hmm. and all those parts are wrong. Mm -hmm. So now how do you fix that? You know, <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, you can't. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's deep. There's a lot to it. I think a yeah, lot, a lot, a lot of stuff people don't think of, but. Yeah, cheat sheets are uh, a lifesaver. <laughs> we and would, notes. we would, yeah. Oh yeah, writing sure. everything down, like oh, I, yeah. I, you know, bore instead of drill, you know, oh, for yeah, yeah. taps, you know, things like that, just mm -hmm. little details like that. Because if you, you'll, you'll forget, you know, yeah. otherwise. So, oh, yeah. lots yeah, to uh, remember. We we got a new guy. I, I don't know if I talked about him on here. We got him. I don't know, a week, two weeks ago, probably. Mm -hmm. So he's been out in the um, like the cyclone farm. Uh, running those machines and uh so he, the first week that he's in there i'm like trying to teach him you know just coordinate systems and i mean it's if you've never ran a cnc machine before and you're trying to learn a rotary first <laughs> oh yeah like okay you like, just fuck, you point probably... your hand like this like a gun make sure yeah. you're wearing one, a one of these yeah one of these is z and yeah yeah i was so i'm like I took him over to the, the Onefinity first because I, I could tell some of this was going over his head. And uh, so we go to the Onefinity and I'm just kind of explaining the different axes and then, you know, the origin point and how to set up a part. And, and, I'm, and I'm basically like, you're not going to be setting up anything. I'll touch off the tools. I'll get everything ready. You're just going to be removing parts, hit and go type of thing. Tell me if you have an issue. And uh, so he, he loves it, but he's also just like, you can tell. I have to explain it a few times because it's just a lot. He's, mm -hmm. you know, he's he's ran a, a lathe and a mill before uh, years ago, and so it's just a lot to him. Um, but then I had him over on the cyclones and having you know showing him how to touch it off and and like basically when you put a new part in, you got to get the A axis set up right to the right degree for the for the new part. And uh, he got that all right, but trying to explain to him the Z height for a rotary part because when you're taking it off one side it's taking it off both sides of your diameter that i could not get i couldn't get him to get it <laughs> and i mean i was there before once like when i ran cnc lathes like that took me a while to get but i was like all right if you know if we if we cut this first part and we just put a new tool in you know we need to measure the part and then we need to you know know what our known value is we're going to and then you know, divide the difference in two because you're taking it off of both sides with that one cut. And he's just like, I tried drawing it. I tried. <laughs> he's a smart guy. It's just, it was not, it was not getting there. I was like, all right, we'll get back to this. <laughs> we'll come back to this yeah. one. <laughs> but as, as far as everything else, like he's doing a great job of keeping the machines running. Like I'm pretty much having a hard time keeping, keeping the parts coming off of the, the Phantom to keep him having enough work. So, so he's doing great there. Um, uh, he did crash the Onefinity one time. He just didn't turn the spindle on first. 
that happens. <laughs> I just plow right through the park. I'm like, well, now, every time. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. now you know. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be turned on. <laughs> oh, yeah. If yeah. I had one of those fancy spindle kits from our sponsor, PWN CNC, I wouldn't have that problem. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Shameless are, plug, plug are we, there. Are we doing a, Are we doing that right now? <laughs> uh, we can do it later. I just I thought it was funny. All right. <laughs> Daniel, appreciate it. So yeah. uh, anyway, yeah, it was fun. But yeah, the whole just getting into CNC. I mean, and you're probably somewhat familiar with it, right? Like, or is this all all new? You uh, ran manual I, stuff, but not CNC up to this point. I had never run a CNC machine ever. I'd, okay. ne- I'd only seen them, you know, like walked up to them while they were operating, but I'd never tried gotcha. to run one. Um, and I, you know, before when I bought the machine while it was being built, I spent a ton of time just watching YouTube. You know, yep. Titans of CNC yep. is oh, great. Yeah. John Saunders. Yeah. Yes. Um, That's and what then I started I, uh, with for sure. Yeah. And then I hired a guy uh, just as a remote, uh, mm. you know, help. Uh, to help me program parts and help me understand the fusion cam side. Oh yeah. I I had fit, you know, I've been doing CAD for so long that I had all my parts drawn out had everything, you know, built. It's just how the hell do you machine this thing now? (laughs) And that was the big hurdle. But honestly, it wasn't that bad. You know, fusion makes this, it's very seamless because if you make a change on the drawing side, the CAD side, it updates on the cam side. Obviously, it does, not everything translates, but you know it kind of warns you, like, "Hey, you made this change. Now you need to make this change." Yeah. Um, the other part about Fusion too that I really like is that it'll tell you that you know if you try to make a cut with a part or a tool that's too big for that radius or whatever it is you're trying to do, it'll tell you like, "I can't create that tool path mm-hmm. because I can't get in to where you're asking me to go." Yeah fascinating stuff yeah. and then the Haas the Haas software or the post processor works really well with fusion and then they have a machine builder component to it so you get to download a 3d rendering of your machine that you're working on and your fourth axis and your Kurt vice and your OTS device all of it goes into the machine so when and I'm a visual learner when I'm running my simulations it looks like my machine, you know, it looks like the interior of my machine with my fourth axis is there and everything else. So it's, it's all very simple in terms of that. Now the setup for that was very difficult that all of those things, there wasn't a lot of people out there, including the guy that I hired. I hired, um, a guy that I saw on YouTube. Um, and he has a YouTube channel. I'll give him a shout out called, um, a mechanical advantage. And his name is Kevin, and he does YouTube tutorials on CAD and CAM. And then, so I just decided to reach out to him and say, like, hey, do you train people to do this? He's like, yeah, you can pay me to do that. So (laughs) now we do Zoom calls back and forth, and he uh, educates me, or I send him my files, and I say, hey, what am I doing wrong here? Can you help me and stuff? And he's the guy that kind of just walks me through everything. And I don't need him so much anymore, but... He um, he's a great educator and he did work with John Saunders. He went oh, nice. to, and taught at John's place oh, like cool. a few years ago before COVID. Um, so, you know, you, the YouTube community, if, you know, if I can do it, no joke, like I know that, uh, you know, it seems intimidating, but if I can do it, 
and I would say that most people could figure it out too by learning. You don't have to go to a college or anything. I would say it would help, you know, yeah. gen generally mm -hmm. would be a good idea, but I just, I'm running a business. I can't take time out to go, you know, educate right. myself, do that yeah. at night on YouTube. So yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's been a solid, 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 amazing journey being part of this. And I already want to buy like five more of these things. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah it's addicting. Once you, yeah. once you start geeking out on the CNC stuff, you, you just can't stop. <laughs> yeah. Once I you bought really a into it, yeah. millwright, you know, one of those small milling machines. It's oh, like yeah. a, uh, one finity, but just a tiny version. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and it's made in America and it's all plate steel, super solid, like overbuilt, like just like I love. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'm having that, that's where I do all my non-ferrous stuff, right? If it's not metal or aluminum or whatever, it's, it goes on that table and, uh, it's the same. It all is the same. I mean, mm -hmm. it's X, Y, and Z, man. I mean, yep. it's not any different than running this, the Haas. I mean, it's just slower and louder, you know? Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. It's great. It's awesome. I fucking love it. And if you're, if you're listening to this and you make shit, and you don't know CNC, that's going to be like CAD and CAM and CNC is going to be able to 10x what you mm -hmm. are able to do with your hands. There, mm -hmm. There's no way you can, you know, scale up hand making shit. Oh, yeah. Unless you have a CNC. It's, it's pretty amazing to see. And we've talked about it on here a few times, but just how many makers are using CNCs now compared to like, I don't know, five, 10 years ago. Like, I remember I was working at a machine shop. And I was working with an older guy. Uh, this is probably 2015, like right after getting out of the Navy or 2016. And uh, he was trying to explain to me a CNC router. <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't I wasn't even in, in woodworking at that time at all. Uh, so I'm just working. I'm, I'm using industrial CNC machines every day. But him trying to explain a CNC router to me, I was like, what the fuck? He's like, like a trim router? And he's like, yeah, like a little router. But it's on like a gantry, goes back and forth. You can program stuff and cut it all out. And. I wasn't even into programming at this time. It was like conversational CNC where you just like program it on the screen. Like, yeah, it's a lathe part. So you're, you know, making a couple curves and, you know, that's it. Putting some threads on something um, or the the mill. It was like simple flange patterns and stuff like that. Like it wasn't it wasn't anything crazy. Um, but I was like, what the hell? And so <laughs> I I went down the same road. I was like, Titans of CNC when they first I think they that's kind of when they first started with their educational oh, like stuff university thing yeah. yeah and i was like fuck yeah so i was doing that and i'm trying to do that on my own and i was watching saunders videos and pearson videos and uh then i i ended up going to my community college to learn the programming because i was like this is just so much like there's a there's a lot there like for for you to be as as far as you are with it already it's pretty impressive i mean mm -hmm. but it's all it's all fusion i mean it, it either if I work with a machine shop that makes all my parts now. So I just prototype in the Haas and then send them over my mm. stuff and they use Haas machines. So like a lot of it translates, but if I need to know something or I need to like, for instance, I needed a, a program that would take my fourth axis and spin it to zero 90 270, and 360. Right. Mm. And I wanted it to do it when I, so I would uh, on a on a fourth axis in any CNC zero is not horizontal to the ground, which like messed with my mind a little bit. And so if I take my my fourth axis, which is a axis on my machine, and I rotate it to zero, 
it's actually six and a half degrees off. Hmm. And when I went to Haas, I was like, what is this? Why is it like this? They're like, they're all that way. Hmm. Like, that's just how they come out. Like, and some of them aren't six and a half. They're like five and four and six or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's like that number means nothing to the machine. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I, and I, later I would understand why, because once you level a machine and you get it in, you know, all, there's all kinds of different setups, right. That these machines have to go through. So, that, you know, zero is not zero, but you can tell it where zero is. So what you do is you get out your little taster and you, you know, you hit Z on one end and Z on the other, and then you divide the difference. Like you were saying with your rotary, it's the same concept. And then you set it. Then now that's parallel to the table. That number is always A0. I wanted my machine to go A0 and then A plus 90, A plus 270, A plus 360. I call my machine shop guy, tell him what I want to do. And as I'm talking to him, I get a ding on my watch. And it's a text message from him. And it's the, the G code written out <laughs> in, his, in the message on my watch. And he says, <laughs> type that in. And save it as a program. And then, you know, and then all you have to do is change the A number to whatever degree you want that thing to rotate to. And it worked. Yeah. And this, this guy's been a machinist, a CNC machinist, his whole life. He's my age, but his father owned a machine shop. So oh, he yeah. grew up in one. And he says, sometimes it's just easier for me to hand code it, like mm -hmm. write it that way. He says, yeah, sometimes oh, it is. Yeah. Unbelievable some of the shit he can <laughs> hand code. Yeah. And then I asked him, like, how do you like how do you like fusion? He goes, I don't use fusion. He goes, I use Bobcad. Hmm. And I don't know if you ever use Bobcad, but once you've used fusion, it's like stepping back into the nineties kind yeah. of with Bobcad. Mm -hmm. Not that it's bad, it's just different. Yeah. Um, and that's how he programs everything. And his parts come out great, you know, mm -hmm. so it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh that's one thing a lot of people don't really seem to do as much anymore as like understand the G code mm. and like I'm kind of trying to explain cause the, you know, the new guy was asking about it. Like what are all, what, what's everything do? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to explain all of these lines to you because <laughs> for one, I don't know them all, but I know, I know the basics, you know, what the difference between rapid and, and, you know, just a feed rate and, and all that. Uh, but if, if you need, if you're having an issue with the program and you know how to read the G code, it's, pretty easy to go back and be like, oh, that's where my issue is. Or you can prove, you, you can kind of scan the G code after you posted it and make sure that you're you're getting the right tool changes where you're supposed to and stuff like that. So the machine will do whatever you tell it to oh, do. Oh yeah, it will. That's, that it has not care. It does not <laughs> give a shit. It does not, yeah. <laughs> like that, the machine crashed itself. Nah, no, it didn't. It yeah. told it to do that. Yeah, I was kind of, <laughs> I was telling the new guy that because he, he milled into, we have this aluminum fixture on the Cyclones that takes the buttstock and puts it off center so that it can spin, like the, the fixture's off center, but it keeps the buttstock centered because it's just not odd shape. And uh, so I was having him change the Z height on that tool. I had him, I had to bump it up half or half an inch because it had a lot of extra stock on it. So I'm like, we moved it up Z positive half an inch and we we zeroed that there so when you run the next pass you got to go down to negative 0.5 and zero it again well he must i don't know he must have went further than that because he plowed into the aluminum fixture <laughs> oh, <laughs> and geez. he's like i don't know what it did like i don't know why i just did that and i'm like well i mean you obviously 
it, it went over to where it's supposed to be and it went too deep. So you must have somehow set the Z too deep. And he's like, no, I put negative 0.5. I'm like, well, you didn't. <laughs> Probably <laughs> you put negative five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 But luckily the fixture was fine. It, it did snap a little screw and, and fucked up the bit, but it was savable. And it was a good, you know, teaching experience that don't, don't do that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you think you like later you'll look at your code and you'll go, "Oh, that's where I made that change and it's why it's wrong." And but yeah, if you don't understand the code, then then that isn't going to tell you much for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. All right. So you were talking about so you're prototyping the parts you want and then you're you're outsourcing them? Is this is that what yep. you were saying? Okay. Yep. Um we use like a Langmuir systems crossfire pro to do all of our like sheet goods, you know, anything that needs to be processed. That's flat. I'll mm. just cut it out that way on the, on the plasma cutter. And I rock that just uh, crossfire pro Langmuir systems that, you know, that everyone has, it's kind of like a, I don't know, $3,000 mm-hmm. table. And then I upgraded that to a, um, the cutter itself that comes with it, or you can purchase with it. I didn't have a lot of good luck. I had a lot of issues. I was uh, like in the second round of deliveries on those from Langmuir. And it just, there was some bugs in the system, you know, the way that they, they're, I think they grew really fast with that stuff and they just hadn't worked out all the, all the little details. Although I will say the after support was great. Still is Mm -hmm. like they, they'll, answer questions and there and the forums are fantastic so if you ever want to get into you know doing that work i still think i'm still fascinated by how well the machine works for as inexpensive as it is because i shopped around for bigger machines um and went to these other vendors and looked at bigger machines and i'm like man i just can't justify 20 grand for a table you know um because i understand cnc and i know what it is these are ball screws these are stepper motors. It's kind of all the same shit. And really the cutter and your skill of the, how you program things makes for a good cut or a bad cut. Yeah. Uh, you can get away with quite a bit on a lower uh, class table like this. Um, and I do it all the time. I cut a half inch plate on the thing uh, because I run the Everlast uh, 82i which is an 80 amp, you know, uh, torch and it'll, mm-hmm. it'll blast through half inch and give you a pretty bevel free cut. Um, so, uh, I'm really spoiled there. So, but I'll prototype everything that way and then assemble it, figure out what needs to be changed, fixed and run another prototype. Sometimes four or five depends on how, you know, how many times I screw up and then, um, and then off it goes to either steel distribution. My steel distributors uh, cut all my plate and laser the plate um, and then cut my tubes and all the things that I need for that. And then all of that gets shipped to my machine shop where then they process it, you know, drill, yes. tap, uh, CNC, carve, whatever I need out. And then those get de- delivered to me. And they also make all my roller bearings and everything. It's all nice. my designs. Yeah. It's just that they, they, I don't have a CNC lathe, so they, they make all my roller bearings for me. Um, anything that I, anything that I need now, cause I have such a solid relationship with these guys. Um, you know, we're, we're really close. You know, I, I go to their shop, we go hang out and watch the fight and drink and 
you know, play cards and bullshit. Nice. Um, and it's, and it's like a good, it's a crew of guys that are just like us. Like they just like to make shit. A lot of them are into guns. A lot of them are into knives. They all are, we're all into the same kind of stuff. We're all yeah. tatted up. Everybody's the same. And then when it comes down to it, we all like to work hard. So we, yeah. we work really fucking hard. And then, uh, so I can trust those guys, you know? And then, um, we, we're, we're doing that. We do some crazy projects th- together even, you know, like he'll send me some parts to 3d print for him so that he can get, instead of trying to cut it on a CNC, make it out of aluminum and see if it fits. He'd rather have me, me 3d print them and prototype them so he can have a, you know, hold them yeah. um, and things like that. So there's a lot of incestual stuff going on between us because we we're interested and we have an investment in each other's success. Right. You know, it's, it's not like, he's a vendor and I'm a, you know, I'm just the guy paying him to do shit. Right. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes back and forth. Um, in fact, we just built him a revolution for a show. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, like a good, a uh, good partnership. Then It's a great partnership. And I would have never thought, you know, it's like the more you get into this industry, into manufacturing, and I'm sure you found this out, um, is that, uh, you know, you, you start talking about an idea with somebody and they go, Oh, you know who you should talk to? You should talk to that guy because he knows something. And and then eventually you get all these. That's how I got all these connections is that I was just talking to somebody. I'm like, you know anybody that works with aluminum? I need I need some wheels made. And and uh, and the guy's like, yeah, yeah, no, you got to talk to Billy. You know, go <laughs> go talk to him. And then I – so he gives me Billy's number. I call Billy. This is my first interaction with him. He goes – Oh, where are you at? And I gave him my address. He goes, okay, I'll be there in like 10 minutes. And I was like, what <laughs> right now? Like today? He goes, yeah, yeah, no, I'm right across the street. I'm, I'm down the way. I'm, I'm working with another customer. I'll be over there in like 10 minutes. You show me what you want made. He shows up 10, no joke. Like 10 minutes later, he's in my shop and turns out he's a motorcycle guy. You know, he loves all the same shit I like and stuff. I hand him what I want. I show him my drawings. I give him this. And in about a week, I have my prototypes. Nice. And I'm like, all right, I need a thousand of those. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, we don't, you don't, we don't do that kind of quantity. I go, well, you do now. <laughs> you nice. make fucking thousand of those. I need a thousand. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, he's like, I don't know if I can pump that shit out fast enough. Well, you know, now he's buying new machines. You know, nice. he's working with us, and we're making we're making so many parts in his shop. He can justify another two three machines yep and it's like fucking great because i don't want to run those machines i don't Mm want to hire the people to run those machines i you know i'm terrible at managing people i don't need any more staff (laughs) i want him to do it and and he does a great job so um yeah that's the process essentially is that you you have to pick when you're a business owner you have to say am i going to work on my business or in it Mm -hmm. and for i do kind of a mix because I am a control freak. I want to see and hold every part. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's a big part of house made is that nothing leaves the shop unless I have visually inspected it. Oh yeah. It's just that simple. I need to look at it. I need to hold it make sure it's right and check a couple things and let it go out the door. Um, and now Brent is kind of like my right hand. So he checks a lot of this stuff too. Nice. And, you know, that level, that commitment level to a, on a parts level just isn't feasible for every business. And, you know, as they grow, they get more customers, they're selling more. How do you keep up with it? 
Uh, but what I've discovered is, is if I start getting lax on that, then things start happening. Problems start to occur. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's one of those things where we don't have the margins to have mistakes like that. It just, it's that way. And I am annoyingly detail specific. Like I, I annoy every single person with <laughs> that is around me with this because, and, and they know they're buying into my philosophy. They get it. They go, mm-hmm. yeah, I get it, but you're still fucking really annoying me. Like, you know, and I, I'm, and I just go, yeah, but that's just the, who I am. You're going to be worse uh, now that you're a machinist. <laughs> oh, fuck it. You know what I want to do? I want You know how I, you guys probably get these comments too. As a machinist of 30 years, I, that's if I read a comment oh, yeah. and it starts like that, so now that I've had this machine for like six months, I want to make t-shirts to say as a machinist of six months, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I'm a machinist now. So yep. fuck you guys. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a, uh, it's, I mean, I, I'm learning that a lot right now and that's a, uh, you can't do everything. It's so no, fucking hard. And you can't. I, like I, I got to figure out. And I'm, I've kind of, I'm kind of there, but on the outsourcing of a lot of shit, because like you, I suck at managing people. I had a few guys in the shop and the labor was sky high and that shit was eating my lunch. Yep. And, uh, you know, that, and with the divorce and everything, I had to pump the brakes and be like, okay, this is not, this is not going the right direction. I got to fucking figure some shit out. And so, uh, now I'm, I'm kind of getting back where I'm feeling good about it. And, uh, I think I have a way to outsource a lot of shit to where I can manage it a lot better, but it's still, it's still a lot to organize and, and orchestrate and figure out. So that's sometimes the hardest part. You know, you can sit down at a computer, you can design something beautiful and you know how to make it, mm-hmm. but now how do you make it? You know? Yeah. And that's the problem that a lot of people run into, especially when they get this, you know, you, you start getting a following people want to buy the stuff that you're making or mm-hmm. they want to buy the machines that you're building and things yeah. like that. And that is, um, I, I had to make a decision. It was like, if I really wanted to, I could grow, hire more people, have more stress, work more, or I should accept, you know, that my strong suit is, you know, making these things that I'm making and innovating over time. Mm-hmm. and outsource as much as possible but still have control over mm-hmm. quality right you know that's the key is that you can still do those things and your model is a little different than mine because you have assembled machines or mm-hmm. semi-assembled machines or kits but um you know over time you'll just realize that it's a everything is a compromise you know you mm-hmm. can't you cannot do everything so you have to go well i see the margin here I know the margins exist here and that's where I'm going to, that's how I'm going to focus for a bit. That may not be the most fun thing in the world. You know, you might get bored of whatever that one thing is, but your being poor is worse than being bored. So you have to go, all right. Or working for someone else is worse than being bored. So you have to continuously be grateful for the situation you're in, which Mm -hmm. by the way, you put yourself in, you know, there's a choice. Mm-hmm. And that's okay too. You know, you can change things over time, but get smarter with how you're using your time. You got eight to 10 hours a day of good, solid energy. You know, when you're younger, you, you got about eight to 10. And as you age or you have kids or, you know, your relationship status changes, whatever it might be, those, those, your life is going to morph around it. 
at some point you're going to find that equal ground and go, okay, now this is where I need to coast. I got to coast for a while Mm -hmm. and keep innovating. And that's probably what you'll do. I mean, you know, you're, you're a smart, active person. You're going to be fine. It's just that, yeah, man, life will throw you a curveball, And then you got to, then you get a chance to see how you react to that situation. You know, how do you, how do you take on, you know, one month you have sales that are just skyrocketing. The next month you're down a hundred percent or 50% and you go, how the fuck did I get here? This is the worst. I still have all this overhead. Mm -hmm. And that's where you get creative. You know, I, I will say most of the most successful entrepreneurs I've ever met have been creatives. They, they see business differently. They don't mm. freak out. They go, all right, now how do we do this? How do we change how this, you know, went? Um, I talk about that on the podcast a lot about the hammock, right? You know, the mm-hmm. low spot in the summer. Mm-hmm. If you know it's there, you can plan for it. Dude, it's almost as if these people have forgotten this over and over and over every year. I have to start reminding people in March, like, hey, just so you're aware, in three months, you're going to be, you're not going to have much to do. Hmm. Be planning for that. You know, summertime is when people travel. We're becoming more and more like Europeans, where uh, the Europeans take a lot of time off in the summer. They don't do as much commerce. Restaurants close in the summer, businesses close in the summer, they take personal time. Um, and we're not used to that in America because we're mm-hmm. used to fucking overworking ourselves because mm-hmm. we have something to prove. We're a young country. We're a young economy. However, we have become now uh, more comfortable. You know, we, we get more comfortable. So people have more money so they can do those things. They can travel more in the summer, even if it's two weeks. It fucks with things. It fucks mm-hmm. with commerce big time. Um, so plan for that. You know, keep that keep that in mind. I don't know. Have you guys seen that at all? the 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 hammock you run into that i mean so i you know i don't sell a product so i i haven't seen it as much like i know everybody gets that dip with like social media but i mean if anything it's been on the up for me so well you're crushing it's it's just yeah but it's it's constantly adapting to different things and trying different things you know it's it's not just doing a product and then talking about that product and whatever so it's it's a different different side of the coin i guess i see your hustle dude it's impressive yeah. every time i watch one of your videos i go what the fuck how is he doing this now <laughs> like is he doing this like 10 hours a day yeah <laughs> it blows my damn yeah. mind every time i see you doing something different man i'm like this is amazing it is so fun to watch because when i first met you you were you were not pump pumping out the content like you are mm-hmm. now like you are just 10xing it dude it is oh, so yeah. cool to watch well uh, i mean you had nailed it with that that three times a day. And then I started listening to, uh, uh, Gary V and oh, he yeah. says 20 pieces of content a day. A day. And I was, yeah. and I mean, that's everything, you know, that's stories, this, that, and whatever, sure. but you, you just, you gotta be out there. And it's crazy. Like I look at the people I'm going to school with and you'd think that they would be like, Oh, social media, you know, just super in your face about how important that is. And they never talk about it. And yeah. I'm like, man, you guys are setting these kids up for failure because they're, they're missing this boat. They're missing a huge opportunity while they're young to get in, figure out how this stuff works and, you know, get a system that works good for them in place. And they're going to get out there and, and, you know, a follower account or follower count isn't everything, but like, 
that's what sells stuff like that's you know people seeing your shit you know that's the hardest thing to get people to see your shit and i don't know it just it blows my mind that they don't talk about this stuff to them yeah it's weird right i think there's like it's maybe just a uh age gap maybe from the instructors is that could that be it i I think they i think a lot of people don't want it to be that way Hmm. you know especially in traditional trades like we're in traditional blacksmiths don't want social media don't they don't want to have to rely on social media so when their social media numbers are poor they say it's because they don't care about it in reality it's because they're scared of it and they they don't understand it yeah and I don't know. That was another don't, big thing. They don't put like the value to it. I think. Yeah. Cause they've yeah. never had it. So they don't know. One of the things that I noticed is when I got more than say 50,000 followers on Instagram, mm. people noticed me. It was yeah. just, and people would talk to me now all of oh, a yeah. sudden I'm in the cool oh, yeah. kids club, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. 80,000 yeah. followers on Instagram buys you a lot. Oh, yeah. it, 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 I have a key ring with a lot of keys on it now. Yep. Which, by the way, I shouldn't, because no, it, no, it, it's, not, it's I shouldn't it's even ridiculous. have it. It's stupid. Yeah. I don't need. I don't deserve it. Yeah. And so when I I get all these people approaching me, some famous people, and they want to talk to me, they follow me, they want to understand what I'm doing. They, and I think to myself, like, yeah, you're gonna figure it out pretty quick that I'm kind of just a nerd that creates <laughs> things on Instagram yeah. or whatever. But that's cool. If you think I'm famous, that's fine. Yeah. For now, because you'll figure it out real quick that I'm not, um, nor do I deserve to be. But the 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 part about it that I love is that I get to now choose the people that I work with. Mm-hmm. That is so valuable. It's oh, yeah. insanely valuable. Like people want to work with you. They want to collab with you because mm-hmm. they see value in the relationship. It's yeah. transactional. I get it. It's business. I get it. Uh, and I like I don't mind it. But it, <laughs> I I love the fact that you get that you have that clout you want to hear this story about how your reel got sent to me okay yeah so you're you made a reel about building the apollo forge and using the induction forge to bend the doors and the tabs right so like before i started housemaid i had a guy that i had hired this was probably like seven or eight years ago in my computer shop and his name is Brandon, and he now lives in Savannah, Georgia. And he um, he was when he left the company, he left my business. Was the biggest catalyst for me to essentially start Housemade and like get out and sell that business because he was the guy that was kind of running it, and keeping it going, and I didn't have to pay a ton of, t- of attention to it. Um, anyway, we still stay in contact. He's a great guy. Um, he had just had a baby, and like. 2.30 in the morning, I get a text message from him, and it's your short of this <laughs> video. And he goes, hey, that looks like your logo in on that piece of metal. <laughs> and because he's so far removed from hmm. all of what we're doing, you know, he doesn't know really, but he knows my logo because we're friends on Facebook. So I click on it, and it's your YouTube short of you doing that. Now I had seen that same video, but like in all the p- other places, mm. I, I never followed you on YouTube for some reason. I don't know why. Well, I think you followed my other channel. This is that is what it is? One, yeah. Okay. This is a new one. So this is like all, a lot of shorts you're doing on this yeah. one. And it's got 2.1 million views on it. Okay. Mm. Which is a ton of you. And I'm now I'm reading the comments. I'm doing all this stuff. So I write them back and I tell him, yeah, that's Chris. He's a friend of mine. 
and holy shit, like 2.1 million views. That's a lot of views. And I'm, and what I realized was your content was being fed to him for whatever reason. He's not a metal worker or whatever. It was just that he was on YouTube because he had just had a baby. He was up in the middle of the night with the baby, kind of trying to get Mm -hmm. her to sleep and stuff. And he's flipping through YouTube on his phone and your reel shows up or short YouTube short shows up. And I started to think about how many people have seen your work and my work and Corey's work. And we just will never know. We'll never know because it's hard to put the value to what 2.1 million people would look like. It it just blows your mind. Like even 5,000 views on Instagram has an enormous amount of value to it, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about it. But we don't see it that way, right? We like, well, didn't get didn't get yeah, the hundred thousand views I wanted <laughs> or whatever. Um, but that's where you know brands want to work with us. You know, they want to send us free stuff. They want to pay us to mention their stuff and all that. Um, yeah. And it's because it's the value. And I yeah. did you ever listen to Jimmy Dress to talk about that on the um, when uh, uh, Chris Zepp had his podcast? on i don't know if you ever heard that interview mm-hmm. where he was jimmy was saying how these companies like would offer him like a hundred bucks or a thousand dollars to talk about something and he would just laugh at him he'd be like if i show something of yours in my videos it's worth easily twenty thousand dollars <laughs> like like you're offering me like a free hammer or whatever mm-hmm. it is and that's laughable when I heard him talking like that, I did not understand that he was even then was underestimating what mm-hmm. the value of these these sponsorships can be, uh, because we just think, oh, it's great, you know, they sent me a free laser or they sent me mm-hmm. free whatever, it's really great. But like Chad from Working Hands, I mean, like they're sending him free stuff all the time. His videos mm-hmm. are getting just massive coverage now. He's figured mm-hmm. it out, and I I think. Like a lot of us, like Jimmy was saying in that interview, he's like, we all got to get together and start rejecting all these offers mm. and not taking free shit anymore. We all have to get paid more. The maker uh, strike. Maker strike. Here we go. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And and uh, about the thing about like how many people are looking at this stuff, I'll get comments occasionally and like even on my concrete videos and somebody will be like, who cares? I'm like, literally 20 million people care <laughs> like <laughs> like literally more people than you you'll see in your life care about this like the population of el salvador <laughs> yeah. cares like, yeah. it's 20 million people yeah. that's a lot of people <laughs> and, and, get, and and oh go ahead do you got people chasing you around town yet like elvis like when you walk out of places like, i'm i'm every time i been go recognized? to get concrete I'm, have you been recognized yet now, yeah, just yeah. well, just that one time when the guy a guy came to my house and saw my sign, and he's like, he's like, man, you must really like like that Chris Powell guy. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, not really. Is he's like, dick. that's like the YouTuber, right? And I'm like, I'm like, are you fucking with me right now? Like, is, I'm like, who who sent you here? And he was looking for a line in the ground. I called like the what is it eight one one? Yeah. So he comes and he, and he sees the sign, and, and I'm like. I'm like, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, he's like, yeah, I watched that guy on YouTube. I'm like, I am that guy on YouTube. I'm like, <laughs> Did it blow his mind. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, like, wait, I'm like, man, you person? must, you must not. You must. <laughs> I mean, he's. I guess he had seen a bunch of my older videos before I really like was in the videos and whatever. Mm, yeah, so. yeah, mm, that makes sense. 
Yeah, you did a lot of videos where you weren't in them, but now you can't get away from it because you're doing all the concrete stuff and you're yeah. you know doing the car work and everything. You have to be in your videos. Yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious, and my brother was surprised that that was you because mm. I, I was I don't even remember what we were talking about something about I I was like oh you you, you ever do any dry pours and he's like <laughs> I've been watching this guy on TikTok do dry pours and I was like I, I was like oh yeah is he like jumping around all on it and he's like yeah. He's like, you watch him too? I'm like, that's my podcast host. He's like, Chris, Pat, full steam. And he's like, that's your podcast host? I'm like, what? <laughs> it was like one of those small world things. Cause he's it's, all like, a, it's an inception thing too. Yeah. You know, it's like you start talking with people. You're like, oh, that's where I know you from, man. Oh my God. I was, I never go on TikTok only to upload shit. So I just like upload my videos and then mm -hmm. I get out. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, how it auto friends people and does all that stuff. Well, Ben Geisler is a friend of mine. And he makes leather. He does leather work. And he does lives on TikTok all the time, like mm. like every day, pretty much. And I go to upload my standard video to, in TikTok every day, and it suggests that I watch one of his lives. I click on it, and I look in the upper right-hand corner as to how many people were watching his live at that time. And now it's just him stamping leather, and he's talking and answering questions, of course. It was like 650 people hmm. were watching him live on TikTok <laughs> do leather work in the middle of the day on a oh. Wednesday. <laughs> and I'm like, who the fuck is watching that? Like, you know, and I'm so now I'm commenting and I'm messing with him, you know, and um, and he's like giving tours of his two by 72 because he knows I'm in the room. And, you know, he's like, oh, check out my grinder. I got this grinder <laughs> and like. I, you know, I got a sale from it, you know, like people nice. are like buying grinders now because Ben's talking about it on, <laughs> on, on, on his TikTok live. And I don't take TikTok seriously. Cause I'm just mm -hmm. like, it's TikTok, And I should, I just, it's like one more social platform that I just have to invest my time in. And then I look at Chris's channel on there and I'm like, motherfuck, look, all these people watching on here. It's unbelievable. And then it's just like, the sky's the limit. Yeah. You read about how all these people, I'm not getting into social media. I'm not going to do that. It's too late. It's too saturated. And I'm like, you're right. Don't yep. do it. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Move along. Yeah. I can't yep. wait till Chris is the professor of social media. At his, uh, he should college. be. That's what you're going to need, though, because <laughs> yeah. people need to properly learn how to do this stuff. And I mean, the problem is it's it is hard to really know. There's There's no way to know, but it's like you just need to get people in that mindset of trying things and figuring out what works for them, you know, document, but, don't create. It's yeah. that simple. I used to not understand that, you know, and I used to, I, I until I heard him really explain it, I, I don't think I, I really got it right. And I mean, that that's it. You just keep taking videos of what you're doing. And at the end of the week, you got, you know, six, seven videos for the next week. Like, yep. It's just, it's easy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But. I was thinking about you today because I was, um, I'm building a uh, induction forge cart, like mm. just a tube steel rack that has a space for the TIG cooler on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And then it's got a spot on the shelf right above it uh, for the induction forge. And then another shelf above that where I'm going to mm -hmm. be putting in a fume extractor because I'm going to be doing my induction melts that you've been seeing me do. Oh, there's a handful of them so far. Um, but that induction forge melts copper in a minute and a half, like 
Oh, no yeah. joke, in a crucible, oh, boiling yeah. copper in a minute and a half. Uh, with no, I got, a, I got a good story about that. No off gassing. What's your story? Oh, uh, so you know what? Like the what is it? Makume gain? Yes, Makume. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, the I know quarters where you right. take quarters. Yeah. yeah, I can't say it either. I yeah. know what you're talking about. It, it it instantly turns quarters to liquid and drops <laughs> molten nickel and yeah. and uh, copper on the ground. No, no. So you yeah. tried. So you tried to do like you know yeah like bind uh, them together with wire like people do and then put it in your coils and it instantly melts. oh it's just it's (laughs) as soon as it gets red it's just it's done well you know you can turn the heat down on those things a little bit yeah just yeah i I gotta do that (laughs) i did that with brass and it melted it to the point where it was releasing the zinc into the air which Mm. is obviously terrible for you Mm. so don't do that without a respirator but the um yeah we we had to dial it back because it's yeah. it's it's just too much it's too just, much it is crazy though how fast it works Freaking like, nuts even with with yesterday i was uh i've been making some pliers because I'm, I'm back in school now this week so our first project was to make a pair of pliers and i had them in i was just gonna bend the ends out a little bit and then kind of curve them back in i had them in the coal forge at school and i forge welded the handles together oh, so sure. i had to break them apart and then do a bunch of grinding and uh, got them all cleaned up. But then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw these in the induction forge because I can see everything that's going on and, you know, not destroy this project again in the uh, final stretch. So yeah, it's an amazing piece of technology, yeah. that yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm glad I own one. It, oh, yeah. It's one of those things where now that I have it set up on the cart, I know I'll use it more. Mm-hmm. Because before it was like I'd have to pull it out and plug everything in, and I set it up on my welding table, and I would just use it, and then I would put it away. Yeah. And then as and then it sat for a long time because it's a big pain in the ass to set it up. You know, it's just yeah. a huge pain in the ass. Um, and then yeah, so now it's that set up, and I've got the cart built and stuff. It's just a simple cart, and I was gonna put mm-hmm. out like a video on it. I'm like, it's just a simple tube steel cart. <laughs> people would probably watch it, but yeah, here's what I am gonna do. Love stuff. I'm gonna take. I have a fried evolution chop saw blade and I'm going to cut it into fours again and I'm going to mm-hmm. use it as gussets like I did on my workbench. That video mm-hmm. went crazy viral because mm-hmm. everybody said I was going to fall down in the middle of my workbench underneath it, <laughs> fall down on it and then cut myself or mm-hmm. cut myself in half. <laughs> that was also uh, someone's wild. theory. And I've, I'm happy to say I've only lost two fingers and one toe <laughs> since I've done that project. That's hardly in half. So yeah. you're good. I know they, they were over exaggerating. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how people like it's, it's like I read some of these comments. And I'm like, you must be joking. Like there's no way <laughs> no you're way. saying what you're saying in the real world right now. Like, it trolls. It's just, it's just too much. It's too much. Uh, it's like way overboard. Yeah. It's great though. It, I get so much. I used to, I used to be very sensitive to it yeah. and it would bother me. Oh, yeah. And now I'm just like, Oh, I love these. I love this yeah, engagement. Yeah. I want it. I just, if I, I know I'm on the right track, if people start shitting all over my stuff, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is it. Controversy and all of it. Just keep going. Let's do this. <laughs> I, I wake up every morning, reload all my comments on YouTube shorts 
And so it'll show me all the new ones that came in during the night and they're just all ridiculous. And, you know, I'll respond to the real ridiculous ones or I'll just hit them with a sure. If you type something <laughs> that fills my page and and I have to, like, keep scrolling to read it, I don't care what it says. You could have said something brilliant. You're getting a sure. <laughs> and and uh, um, but I go and I heart every single one because it gets them out of my notifications. Yes. And even that will set people off and they'll have to come back and say something about it. They're like, or, or, or they're like, Oh wow, that's great that you read all of these. I really appreciate that. And I'm like, well, you know, I try and I do legit try for some of them, but if they're too much, it's just, you know, I'd, I'd be doing this for literally hours. Like I had a tube steel video go viral again. Like it, people just complain about it mostly, but mm -hmm. it was about removing the weld seam from a piece of tube steel. And mm -hmm. I use a pneumatic file. I mean, I just show how it works. It takes me about 10 minutes to explain all the different processes that I tried, whatever and whatever. People didn't like the fact that I didn't just go, here's how to do it. And, you know, made a two minute video. And so I get all, I got a lot of comments that said, you know, you took eight minutes to explain something that could have been explained in 30 minutes or 30 seconds. <laughs> you know, you're a real, whatever they, you know, there are lots of colorful language. Mm -hmm. So I just typed into my notes on my phone so I could copy and paste it. Thank you so much for watching. And then like the heart, like in the, in the <laughs> hands like together. And I would just, and I, and it was just that. And I would just paste it under <laughs> each one of them that bitched about me not, you know, getting to the point fast mm -hmm. enough. And that just, must ignite anger <laughs> oh, in yeah. so many people because they would come back and they'd be like, you know, I, I don't have all this time. I'm like, you're getting free education on YouTube. I mean, like right. you're complaining about it. Like you yeah, have to yeah. sit through something for eight minutes and you're complaining. Yeah. Go figure it out. Like we did. Yeah, exactly. I spent <laughs> like three months figuring that out. Yeah. So. yeah I, I mean, the reason that, that, that door video is going as crazy as it is, is because I, made a bunch of mistakes in it. Like I started the video out by saying I should be using my, uh, oxyacetylene tanks, but I haven't had the time to fill them. So I'm using the induction forge and I don't see why that's a problem. Cause like knowing multiple ways to do stuff is the best thing about being a maker, mm -hmm. you know? And then, then what else? Um, Oh, I didn't, I didn't have my scale, so I couldn't measure the, uh, refractory you know, and weigh everything properly, like you explained in your video. Uh, but I mean, whatever, like it worked. Somebody was like, was like, did anything go right in this video? Why are you even <laughs> posting this? And I'm like, yeah, the final product, like I've been running these things for weeks now, you know, and, and they work great. Like, who cares? You know, who cares about how you got there? Knowing multiple ways to get there is the is is great. Like, that's that's what I live for coming up with different ways to get to you know, the end, the end solution. Like I was reading a lot of the comments though. And I found it funny that a lot of people were really supportive of like, you're like you saying like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't have the, t the mm. acetylene. So I couldn't use the, the torch and people were like, yeah, but you made the best of what you had. Yeah. Like there was a lot of positive shit there too. So I was like, Whoa, this is YouTube. Wow. Interesting. Mm. There's people actually supportive and positive in the comment section. I found a lot of Chris's supporters. Uh, <laughs> I oh made a <laughs> I made a comment on one of he was he was you were doing the video where you were showing uh the the adding the water to the yeah doesn't increase the volume yeah of of uh, 
um, concrete. Yeah, yeah. So we pour, poured the powder in like a Tupperware container, put a line, puts it, but you put it back in the in a bag or something, and then filled it up with. It just put it in another bucket. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And yeah, now yeah. I mixed it in that other bucket. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. See, that's the problem. You could use a different bucket. Yeah. But he, he puts it back. I know, in and in I knew, I knew that would. That would yeah. trigger people. Um, you're. Tr- but, I think you're the one that's trolling everybody, Chris. I think that's what's going oh, that's, on. That's, you know that's exactly yeah. what's happening here. He's trolling the trolls. <laughs> I mean, so I've I've talked to. Sorry, not to cut you off, no, but good. I've talked about it with Austin. Like, you need three things. That's his whole theory. That you know, and and on my my concrete videos, I've got the mask. Like that's the number one thing that people are going to notice. They're like, why the fuck is this guy wearing this mask? Yeah, and then catch you off guard. Yeah. Just doing the dry pour or like I started the, the one videos with opening the bags with, with a, a, a hammer or whatever, or oh, a pickaxe. Yeah. It's like, they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Was that it's the that, best tool to use? Snag, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was the best tool to use. So Cause it got you uses. to comment. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, so there's. Uh, have you, are you following Pappy uh, Austin's dad? I was just gonna bring this up. <laughs> Pappy, he, yeah, Pop-off. Pop-off. Austin's That's dad. Right. I, I said Pappy in the group chat the other day. I, I, I think to you. It's I don't pa- know. Why. It's like yeah, Papa Smith. Papa Rich. Papa Rich. That's so funny. No, but where he was like in the swimming pool and he's like watering oh, yeah. his plant. He's like, this is how you got to water it. And they're like, that <laughs> caught me instantly. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? And then I was like, it's ah, great. Fuck, you got me <laughs> freaking gold. It's gold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Cause I was talking with Austin. Cause I was busting his chops on the, on the podcast about how I have like 5,000 more followers mm. than he does on Instagram. He says he's coming for you. And he's like, yeah, I'm coming for you. And then in the DMS, we were like, you know, going back and forth. And he goes, yeah, well, here's the thing. He goes, you want to hear something funny? He's like, my dad is about ready to surpass me. And he sent me his his little handle link, and I clicked it, and, and I got sucked in immediately <laughs> to watching like 20 of his videos. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's going to blow us all away. This guy's got it figured out times a million. I mean, it is so good. And he's so fun. Like, it's like mm. watching his videos is great. And it's got the same theme. You know, every single video is like a, helpful how to trolling video that's just fantastic so mm. what's do you guys know the handle off hand, uh, off the top of your head i know it's pawpaw something yeah but pawpaw pawpaw ridge, ridge, right? yeah yeah Pappy that's ridge. it <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> yeah. But, go check it out you'll like yeah, yeah. it Give or, or i follows. think on on one of them it's pawpaw ridge homestead but if you yeah. look up pawpaw p-a-w-p-a-w ridge he'll come up because yeah he's he's big everybody watches him now it's crazy Hmm. and it's austin saunders dad yeah and he just started i know it's like this he's like an instant talent like he just didn't even have to try i mean we know he tries but i'm just saying it's like holy shit Mm -hmm. unbelievable and austin's work is just off the charts great too like Mm -hmm. i mean it's high caliber is just I, I I love his shit like times ten. I I I I have a lot of respect for Austin and what he does and his mm-hmm. story too because his story's fantastic. Mm. But yeah, somebody once said to him, "More like low caliber craftsman." <laughs> and now, <laughs> now that's all I can ever think of. <laughs> that's so funny. That's uh, freaking great. That's how you uh, find his supporters, though. Make yeah, comments yeah. like that. They'll, like they'll a, defend him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. So how many how many uh, responses have you gotten? Has your phone Dude, been going pretty crazy? It's, yeah, it's been ridiculous. Like for a while, I was keeping up with it, and then I, I and I didn't even actually understand how many it was because I yeah. was just like, oh yeah, like thirty people commented There's on another this. one, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's okay. So it's twenty seven hundred. 2,700 people liked the comment, but that's Holy just that's a comment on your video. That, yeah. that's, and that's not even that bad. Cause it wasn't, uh, well, Toby was, yeah, Toby Toby's was at like... 30,000, <laughs> but there's another guy that said, well, it looks like, it looks like the evidence is pretty concrete. And his had, his had <laughs> oh, 260,000 yeah. likes really and, and <laughs> thousands of comments. Like, yeah, he's his phone. He must just, he, I'm sure he turned his notifications off. Yeah. Cause it must've just been getting, he, d- he just stole my joke from the last podcast before that. And when you showed me that, I was like, yeah. what the fuck? That was my joke. Why didn't yeah. I put that? <laughs> See, you missed out. But I just, I said, that's because a third of the powder flew away. Because as you're pouring the bag in, you see like dust. And obviously I'm joking because a third didn't blow away. But I was, you know, and they're like, a third, really? Like clown faces. Like they were, they were dragging them. Like they were mean. And I'm like, man, these people are going to be floored when they realize that we do a podcast together. And we get to talk shit about them. Yeah. Like one of the guys asked me if I was snorting the powder. Um. yeah, uh, and then I, I responded again to him, and it was like, uh, "You guys cl- clearly don't understand the seriousness that is airborne concrete." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of people like that, but yeah, some of the people just got fucking pissed. They wouldn't stop it. One guy said I had a disability, and yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's, yeah. that's they, a they, good they, response. Yeah. I, when somebody says something about like the way I talk in a video, my my go to response is, "I have a disability," <laughs> and then it immediately shuts them up. I am colorblind. <laughs> I, can, I can say that. Yeah. Well, you said guy, acro- you said across. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I have a disability. Most of these <laughs> most of these comments didn't get to me, but this one really pissed me off. And he said, "You're also a left lane driver, right?" I'm like. Whoa, whoa! I fucking hate left lane no. drivers. Don't call me that. <laughs> Camping in the left lane. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, that's great. Uh, some other people jumped into politics and they're like <laughs> screaming at each other oh, for yeah. being liberals. And it's like, I'm sure not all of these people are liberals. And every single one of them <laughs> is just dropping that on each other. And then one guy's like, like, I can assure you, son, I'm no liberal and whatever. It's like, I'm no <laughs> snowflake. You're a snowflake. In oh, the sorry. comments section, in a video on YouTube, it's- they're having these conversations. How many views does this video have? Uh, uh, I I don't even know. Where, let's get four hundred and thirty-eight thousand likes, uh, five thousand six hundred shares. Gosh, where was that one? This is on YouTube. This is no. This, this is, is Instagram. This Instagram. was Instagram. Yeah, and I can't even find it now. I did too many. <laughs> I only found it. Because, yeah, because of the notification. <laughs> I got another. I got like a final concrete one for tomorrow. Um, I finally got a tool that will like check the pressure and it's not to be used in my hydraulic press, but it's, um, another one that you just, it's, it's called like a Swiss hammer and mm. you just push it on there and it like reverberates through it or something or rebounds through it and somehow measures, gives you an estimate or whatever. I love so your commitment to that. this process, by the way. <laughs> yeah. it's I mean, fascinating. So, so, okay. So this last video has 7.7 million views. And it's like, you know, I I knew because I talked about on here the week before and I'm like, I'm going to do a dry pour. I know it's going to set people off, but I didn't know. I didn't plan on being this committed to it until I saw how much I made off TikTok. And like, 
I just got that check yesterday or two nice. days ago. And I was nice. like, I mean, that was, that was life-changing, you know, and just yeah. off assholes. I, I so want to, <laughs> I so want to be like, Hey, thank you for paying my mortgage for the next year to every asshole that <laughs> so commented great. on my videos. But I, guess I don't even, how do you get paid on TikTok? I mean, do you have to sign up for a monet- yeah. monetization thing or something? Yeah. So I, I'm, you know, originally they had the creator fund, which used to pay good. Um, you'd get like 50 bucks for a million views and you could get, you know, a few million view video, like kind of regularly. Um, so it was doing all right for us, but they came out with a new one called the beta fund. And as soon as that came out, they wanted everybody to switch over to it. And all the, I was getting like three bucks per million views. I'm like, well, this is dried up now. I guess I'll switch. And Austin kind of convinced me to to switch over. But you have to do videos over a minute long. So this has completely changed how I make short content video, like or short form video. I would sure. never do anything over a minute long. And now every video I do is over a minute long. And then I just trim it for the other platforms because TikTok is my primary focus now. Interesting. Holy shit. Okay. But I mean, every month it changes, you know, yeah. like it's, it's just very up yeah. in the air. I was making good money on reels. I mean, like mm. some months I was making a couple grand a month just getting mm-hmm. paid to make reels. And then they yanked all the funding for it. Oh uh, yeah, that sucked. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's, it's like the, everything shifts, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the, when, when you make content to try to make money, you it's like it's like the the cup and the ball game you know everybody's they're all trying to get eyes over here and get people to create over here and it becomes kind of like you're chasing this this dragon around you know like you're like well where is it gonna go (laughs) and that's why you know my model now which is a product-based model you know initially when i started with creating content i wanted to get do what you're doing chris and that's make money making content Mm-hmm. And I realized like pretty quick that I'm okay at making content, but I'm not that great. So, and I don't have like the wherewithal to keep coming up with these ideas. So, you know, the revolution project helped and created a, a an economy for me. And then I realized like, okay, now I just need to like do that over and over, like create different pieces or different tools or whatever it might be that people will want to purchase and then make halfway decent content around it and educate people. And that's been my model and and it's worked Hmm. and it's pretty consistent. And that's the part I think that I like about it. Now I really miss making fun and great content. Like I wish Hmm. I had more time to do it and it's just, uh, you know, unfortunately I don't have the time, but every once in a while we slow down to the point where it's like, okay, let's start making some cool shit again. Let's make some content. So, um, it's fun, but yeah, but I got to tell you, I love watching your growth. I fucking love it. It's mm-hmm. like it's I'm so proud to know you and to see your success. Um, it's just been great. So super well, I appreciate proud of it. I mean, yeah. you you and Austin and Grant really got me focused on it. So Grant is another one. He's yep. he's killing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Corey, yeah. you're a loser. You don't do I much. Am. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. When it comes to social media, man, I just I, I know it's there but it's just doing it. Your shit is super interesting. I think if you focused on it a little bit, I need you know, to, and it's I, so and different. What you do is so different. There's, there's so many things I can do with it too. Like I could do 
one project a week and then make content around yes. that. And I want to, but then I get distracted by all this other shit. And I'm like, I got to mm. fucking, I got to do that. Cause I like for like you were just saying with your, um, your grinder and how you had to build the economy around it. Like I don't have that much reach right now and I don't have that much reach because I'm not trying to get reach. But if I would grow that and show the machine more, you know, I could, I could have that economy, but I'm just lacking there. That's where I hope, I hope the outsourcing helps and gives me more time to, to do like the marketing and the the branding and just like focus on that and get, get eyes on it instead of trying to make it all document the process and, and share because you just, you'll end up getting customers one way or the other because Mm -hmm. people are going to see what you're doing and want to be a part of it and want to buy from you. Yeah. It's just that simple, but you got to take the time to, to flesh it out and tell a story. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping the outsourcing will help bring the cost down a little bit too. Cause it's like, I feel like the machine's just outside of most, uh, makers, you know, pockets, maybe, I don't know. Like, like it's almost well, maybe a, just not in front of the right maker. Yeah. Maybe you know, that's, that's, and that's probably a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. We, we thought that too, like when we were in the middle of the revolution project and I went from non-machined parts to machined parts, increase the cost significantly and i thought no one's gonna buy this like it's it's too expensive now and it it was the opposite hmm. more people bought it because it was less work hmm. and you still get that straggler every once in a while you know you know your kit used to be four hundred dollars and now it's you know 700 and you know and i'm like you know man you want to i get it you don't want to spend the money but like it, the difference like for me if you think about it, I send these parts off. It would take you 10 hours or more of in all this machinery and all this tooling to, to put this to, to drill, tap, cut and all that, all that time. Mm-hmm. Or you can trade $200, 200. And I guarantee you, you'll have way more than $200 invested in the tools to do this work. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And time, you know, that's just tooling, not, accounting for your time now guys have four hours invested into the build and they've got a machine that rivals all these other manufactured tooling you got tools and they've got four hours invested and one third of the cost so you know i think a lot of people had weighed that out and they were smart and they realized that's worth it you know mm-hmm. and so we don't even sell the non-machine parts anymore we we sometimes get people who request it and I'll just tell them like, "Hey, go down to a steel distributor and ask to dig through their their cutoffs. You know, they'll they probably have all this stuff, and you can pick it up for a song. And if you want to spend the time to build it, like a lot of people did, and I did by hand, you can do it that way. Or you can cough up another couple hundred bucks and get it all done and machined, and it's CNC'd and perfect, and weld it together in an afternoon and be grinding the next day. You know, but I I had to kind of go down that path." And it was scary. And I realized, no, this is the way to go. This is the way to do it. So a lot of times your instincts are right, but you're scared. You know, you're like, oh, fuck. I don't know if this is the right path. But uh, I I, I think you're making a lot of good decisions. I think you'll be fine. Well, we'll see. I think I've got through the hardest part. So (laughs) I think so, too. (laughs) Hopefully it's all up. I like having Brian come on just so he can give us both pep talks. Oh yeah, that's right. He's our hype man. Yeah, I always leave right. these conversations feeling hundred percent. No, it's the truth. I love you guys. I think you're doing great work. You, seriously, it's like inspiring to watch. I don't. 
you know, I don't resonate with the victim mentality. There's a lot of guys out there. You've heard me bitching about this a lot, but I just don't understand when people go, well, this didn't happen and this didn't happen that. And I, this, I smell it. Like I, I just go, yeah, you're walking around here. And my grandfather used to say this all the time. He would say, if everywhere you go smells like shit, it's probably you. Mm. <laughs> and it's an analogy for a lot of bad things are happening around you or to you. Yeah, it's you. You're the common denominator in this, right? So you need to fix yourself. That's that's the step one. And so, and I was that guy. I was an angry young man, you know, making eight dollars and twenty five cents an hour with a bachelor's of science degree from a huge university, and I was pissed. I'm like, I I'm worth more than this. I can barely pay my fucking rent, three hundred bucks a month. I can barely pay it. I was angry and it took me a lot of years and time and hard work and toil, but I climbed out of that situation because I wanted it bad enough. Mm-hmm. So when I hear these people saying, well, no one's buying my knives, no one's buying my whatever, my thingamajobbers or whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. then I look at their social media account and I go, you fucking post like once every two weeks. Like, what do you expect? Like, mm-hmm. you're not engaging with people. You're not, you're not commenting on people's work you're not going out and encouraging them and telling them that they're doing great work if you look at my feed if you could just see all the comments that i leave for people all it is is telling me i just tell people i love their work if and i truly do you know i'm not just doing it to create engagement i'm doing it because i see things online all the time that amaze me that are handmade by my customers and i'm like i fucking love this this is amazing you're doing excellent work it's genuine. I take the time to do it because I believe people need to hear it and the right people need to hear it. And uh, it, it pays off in dividends. So if, you know, and, and this is a, an analogy for a lot of things too. Um, and I'll, and I give, um, I'm, a, I've been married twice. So I have a, a very, um, I'm, I'm, I'm qualified to give this advice. <laughs> the, if you're having trouble in any relationship, the answer is always to give. That's it. Simple. You give. The problems you are having is because you're not giving enough. And I know that sounds counterintuitive because there's some people like, I give and give and give. And, you know, they get nothing in return. You're giving because you want something in return. You give to give. That's it. Mm-hmm. Same with social media. Same with business. You got a good customer, give something to them. You got a friend, give them a compliment. You got a wife, love her, give her things, maybe not things, but stu- you know, compliments and attention. Mm-hmm. And those things will pay off in dividends over time, but you can't expect it to pay off in dividends over time. It's just called being a good human being. Right. And it works in all relationships, business and personal. It really does. Now, I'm a free market capitalist. I believe that we are better when we compete with each other. Okay. So free market capitalism means I'm in the same arena with a bunch of other people doing the pretty much the exact same thing. And we're all working towards being better to beat out the other guy. You know, I want to make a machine that's better than theirs. And I want to get that market share. The market share is the ball essentially. Mm -hmm. And we're all kind of beating in on each other and competing on the field. And I'm a brutal motherfucker. I have, I'm a strategist. I like looking at what other, my competition is doing. 
I like seeing what they're up to. I like to kind of like dig around and see, you know, okay, what's next? What's the next big thing? But then I pocket all of that and I go, it's more important for me to innovate. So I'm going to just go out and solve problems. And I'm going to do that in a way that benefits not only myself, but my competition as well. Because they're going to see what I'm doing and most likely they're going to get an idea, maybe get some inspiration. Maybe they're going to straight up fucking steal it. Mm-hmm. it. It's It happens. No matter what you do, your stuff will be stolen. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Because the free market game says that they can steal it. It's like a ball. It's just like football. You can fumble. You can have the best fucking defensive end. It doesn't matter. You are. They're going to come after you get that ball eventually, right? Somebody's going to snag it from you. But that makes me better because now next time I'm going to have to work even harder to climb even further. Free market capitalism says that that competition amongst people in the same industry rises up our GDP. Eventually, the economy over time starts climbing and climbing and climbing. People are doing this in the stock market. People are doing this in real estate and in machines and tooling and social media. And we're all making each other better. Meanwhile, we're beating each other senseless on the battlefield of the free market uh, space. That's Mm -hmm. how it works. But we're climbing up together, right? And yeah, the weak, they get beaten out and sometimes they fail and sometimes they're dragged off the course, right? That's just part of the game too. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if we sit here and complain about that guy took my cheese, we're all a bunch of rats in a cage. That guy over there took my cheese. No, he didn't. He didn't take your cheese. It wasn't your cheese to begin with. We're all working together to climb this ladder. And so I have a unique view on what that means because I get a lot of people go, did you see that guy? He stole your idea and he's recreating it and fuck that guy. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Fuck that guy. Well, now let's make something better. Let's go out and do something even bigger and better. Mm -hmm. Now, when you stop thinking like that, and all you're doing is stealing from somebody else, you know, robbing Paul to pay Peter and vice versa, you're eventually going to die. Your, your company will never survive that. You, you can't just make one thing and expect over time now in this market to be successful long term. It doesn't. It's just it's a matter of fact. You will fail. Eventually, you'll either have to sell out or fail or whatever. But if you the, the market will Always, always give to you, give back to you when you innovate and create and solve new problems. It's as simple as that. So I, uh, I'm going to continue doing that and until I can anymore. You know, that's mm-hmm. my gift. I, I just, I can continue to do that until I can anymore. But the, 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 the takeaway, I think, is that you have to look at your market the same way. And even though it's a smaller market, you have to say that somebody out there is going to want to do exactly what you're doing. There's yeah. there are three steps behind you. How do you stay innovative? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you or how do you market better? Or you know, how do you find that new customer? And the one thing that I found over time is social media. It's yeah. hands down. We're better when we collaborate. It's just it. We help each other out. You get a bunch of friends online. Your internet nerd friends. Everybody that's rallying for you and helps you along the way. And they do it because. They like you, and they want to. They want you to see see you succeed. Right, it's part of the deal. So that's why I love social media so much. Found my freaks. You guys are my freaks. Speaking speaking of freaks and internet nerds who like us, <laughs> uh, that was a hell of a segue. I've been waiting for a good one. 
That was a good one. Uh, if you would like to be a, a nerd that supports us, you can head over to patreon.com slash makeshift podcast. We got a couple different levels that you can support us at. The top one will get you into an Instagram chat. That's a lot of fun. And we read everybody's name off every week. We've got Keith Drennan from Blackthorn Concepts, Ed Johns of buttjoints.com, JJ's Repair, Green Street Joinery, Michael Nye, Brenda, Chad's Custom Creations, Mike from Pixels to Prototype, Toby Merle of UK Knife Maker Supply, Henry Davis of H2 on Metalworks, Woodland Iron, David Beckwith, Matthew from Archiano Serio, Metal Chef Customs, which is Jake Largan, uh, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, Adam Coonrat, David Wood, The Grant Alexander, Austin Saunders, Brad at Brad's Customs, Jeff Stein, a weird guy, Ryan of Gnome Hammer Forge, Scott Orm at Dad It Yourself DIY, and BexArmory.com. And we've also got to thank our sponsor of the show, which is Pwn CNC. Uh, like Corey said earlier, he had uh, <laughs> some spindle problems. So if you have a hard time remembering to turn your spindle on, you can get one of their spindle kits and then you won't have to worry about that because it'll turn on automatically when you start running the program. Um, and they're all pre-programmed for your specific machine. So if you got a Shapoko or a Onefinity or whatever it is, uh, they'll get it working for you. Uh, he's got a bunch of dust boots and all sorts of accessories to uh, really improve your CNC router. So make sure you're checking them out. That's pwncnc.com. All right. I, they just moved into a new space not too long ago. Yeah. And yeah. it's beautiful. And uh, you know how I, um, I know he's like super serious about his business regardless. I know he is, but he painted uh, the racks. His racks, and yeah. I do the same thing. I <laughs> yeah. hate that turquoise and orange that yeah, yeah, yeah. they come shipped with. So I do the same thing. And when he painted his, I'm like, brother from another <laughs> mother right there. He, Classic he also, yellow and black. He got his sign in, and he posted pictures of it. And he's like, yeah, the color's a little off, though. They're coming back to fix it. And I was like, oh, shit. I don't know. It looks good to me, but I guess you know. <laughs> so whatever. Yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah. Sounds very detail oriented. Oh, I yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, Definitely. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Well, what do you think, guys? We're at hour and forty. So, uh, I think uh, I think we pretty much covered all. The only thing we didn't talk about was uh, conspiracy theories. <laughs> I got. I'll share one with you that I know a little bit about, and that's uh, the ancient uh, astronaut theory, hmm. which hmm. is. Uh, aliens came to this planet tens of thousands of years ago, mixed their DNA with uh, primates DNA and created the human race, mm. right? We were created to be slaves to mine the earth of precious metals and other resources. And then when they got what they want, they left, right? And why I think this, this theory is interesting is because there is such a big gap in the homeosapien or, uh, whatever the genus is that, you know, we are mm. part of, um, homo genus, uh, you know, walking on two feet and all that. There's like mm. this big gap, right? But there's like, there's no record in, as far as I know, anyway, um, they don't have a, like bones or, you know, of the, of the progression, which, you know, of course, re religious folks like to say that, you know, God created us, you know? Okay. Um, and, and I'm not saying that's not true because I don't know. I only have an IQ of 108, so I don't really know any <laughs> of this shit. But what I will say is that if I find that interesting because 
you know, if you look at some of the things like the pyramids and how they mm-hmm. connect with certain celestial, uh, you know, mm. uh, how they point in certain directions. And now these yeah. pyramids are popped up all over the planet from different cultures, mm-hmm. right? Pyramids are fascinating. I mean, just yeah, absolutely fascinate me. And I'd, I'd like to think that maybe we do partially have some alien DNA flowing through our, our veins. I think it's kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, for sure. Speaking of the pyramids, have you heard the <laughs> one that the pyramids weren't built by the Egyptians? They were just there. And then they started, you know, continuing on with that style of architecture, uh, you know, and, and did build new ones. But like the Sphinx was there and there's water damage, like erosion on the side of the Sphinx that had to get there somehow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of of. uh civilizations have like the great flood which was about 10,000 years ago and like that's something that's kind of common uh throughout different civilizations you know on all parts of the world they talk about a great flood that happened about 10,000 years ago um but these uh the pyramids were used to generate power and they weren't for burial they were uh, I, I don't remember exactly what it was but they found like like uh, different chemicals on the walls in there that they've, you know, scraped off and been able to test that it's like hydrogen was being generated in them or something. Mm. And that's how they were like some, some great civilization that used to exist and got wiped out possibly by the great flood um, was, you know, using to create power and, and, you know, do stuff that we aren't able to do now. Mm. Well, there's imagery carved on the walls down below where you know all the all the, these there's passages underneath these pyramids and some of this imagery shows things that are like more modern like a light bulb for instance mm. and they've also found batteries you know these casks that had wine in them like acidic things that created power okay and these are very old they're carbon dated and so like you start thinking about like how did they even know how that worked back then right well the a part that uh, really blows my mind is that inside of these tunnels where all of these walls were carved, the ceilings of these tunnels have no carbon buildup from torches. There's no black soot. There's no nothing. So how did they get light down in these tunnels? And there, you know, there's a lot of theories about mirrors and different things, but they weren't burning things to mm. get light down there. Now, granted, they could have maybe carved the walls before they built up over them. I mean, who knows? But there's lots of things that I think we need to accept that we don't know anything about. And we think we do, but we don't. So open minds. What's the saying? uh, What we know is a drop of water. What we don't know is the ocean. Yes. So true. I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I I just love how you guys had your tinfoil episode like at the same time so we weird, did, so, right? <laughs> I know. I was like, "What the hell?" Because I, I started to listen to it. I'm like, "Maybe, maybe they said something about our uh, about ours." And like, no. I'm like, I look at the time, and I'm like, "That's like the same fucking time we posted this." Yeah. Yep. But the best part 
was B. Cohen wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> he was like he so it. uncomfortable, like, ah, uh, let's yeah, let's not talk about it. <laughs> he doesn't like politics. He won't like go anywhere near politics or religion either. Oh, yeah. So it's like he has the certain subjects that he doesn't want to discuss. And I have to tell him like, well, you don't have to talk to me about this. I'll talk to the microphone. I, I could feel how uncomfortable he was. <laughs> it was yeah. great. And you know, his big cheeks are all rosy red, right? He's all just like, oh, Brian's talking about this again. It's pretty funny. Uh, the men in black might have paid him a visit <laughs> yeah, they did. and he doesn't want to mention it hundred percent they're behind him with a gun he's like please let's change the subject <laughs> he's been flashed by that little flashing thing a few times yeah exactly for all we know he's like an alien himself he might be and he doesn't want yeah. us to be revealing that's things. the theory uh, could that we need to, we need we need to, to start spread that spreading theory. that rumor <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh, that's funny all right well I think probably most people know where they can find you, but for those that don't know, where can they find you, Brian? Uh, just look up Housemaid anywhere on Google. Uh, type in the word Housemaid, all one word, or go to my website, housemaid.us. That's also my TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube handle, housemaid.us. Awesome. It is weird that such a generic term brings your website up first. I am number one. I own that space. Yep. And, and it's because we get 20,000 unique visitors a month on our website. That's crazy. And so that, I mean, that's like, I know I, when I look at those numbers, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. There's that many people coming to my website and it, and it all stems from social media, you know, that we can look at, uh, the origination of the, of of that particular conversion. And we can just tell it's all, all Mm -hmm. Instagram, YouTube, um, it's super powerful. It's all just things we do for no money. You know, we don't pay to advertise at all. You know, mm-hmm. maybe like a hundred bucks a month goes to a Google fund that puts us into a shopping zone somewhere, but everything else is all organic and it's done through social media. So yeah, yeah. it's very powerful. Chris, yeah. you should learn about I, social media. It's I've very been thinking powerful. about getting into it. You should learn, yeah. you should learn about it. <laughs> yeah. I might start looking into it. Look into one, that. One day. One day. All right. Well, thank you for listening to everyone. Thank you for joining us again, Brian. That was a really great conversation. And uh, make sure you check out Brian's podcast, too. Work for it so you can hear more uh, great motivational advice every week. Yep. That's Business in the workshop. Yep. All right. We'll see everyone next week. See, right, you. see you. Thanks All for right. having me on, guys. Appreciate yeah. it.